You're listening to the Fast Break Podcast with Carly Thibault Dudonis and J.J. Du. An all-access pass to the Fairfield University women's basketball program only on the Stag Sports Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new Fast Break with Coach Carly Podcast episode here as we are now very much in the business end of the 23-24 season. This episode is going to be covering the last couple of games as Fairfield needing some late heroics to keep the win streak alive as they went down to Maryland, knocked off the mountain, now up to 20 consecutive victories. We'll talk about that, talk about the St. Peter's and Maris game as well. Nicole Gallagher will join us in just a second, but Coach Carley, first off, um, a great designed inbound play, and the scenes were certainly scenesing at the end of that mount game. <laughs> Credit to uh, to Coach Blake on my staff. He does all of our uh, you know baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, end of games, and that's something that we've we've worked on a ton. Um, you know, every shoot around, we always go through our special situations, and to be honest, haven't had to you know haven't needed a lot um, this year, and we've kind of joked about that as a staff, but. You know, something we've repped a lot. You know, Iza has has thrown that pass 20 different times throughout the course of the season in shoot around. Um, and we kind of joked if you're a Ted Lasso fan, our, you know, Eric Johnson's wife actually joked that Nelly and Katie Lamb were kind of like the look at me, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, like throwing out, you know, spread it out. And then it, you know, opened up wide for Amina. So great execution. Great job, Coach Blake. And, and great pass by Iza. I mean, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it could win you an ESPY for all that we know. Shout out to uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. And I did actually joke earlier on the season, one of the inbounds plays, end of the game, where you have everyone spread around the court, um, was the upside-down taxi. So I'm going to have to see perhaps <laughs> if Blake has a name for that one. Um, we'll workshop these things, of course. Um, it's now we've gotten to that time of the year where you're playing teams for the second time in that you know, home-and-away setup. Teams are giving you guys their best games, and it's been pretty apparent in the last couple of contests. What have we learned about ourselves, not only in the way that this group can fight back, but also when things are not going as well? Yeah, we've definitely had to fight back and, and kind of dig ourselves out of a hole a couple games now. I think we, we didn't start either the St. Peter's game or the Mount game um, off to a great a great, uh, you know, on a great foot. Um, and so, you know, credit to this team. There's been a ton of times this year where we have shown that grit and fight. Uh, you know, you can look all the way back to Vanderbilt, and obviously we had to claw our way back into that one as well. Um, but, you know, I, I'm proud of this team for the, they don't hang their head. You know, they, they respond to coaching. They respond to us, you know, pushing different buttons and lighting them up in different ways so that we get going. Uh, but it is going to be, a you know, a, a challenge for us to continue to figure out how we can start games a little bit better going forward. Um, and but, but the good news is that, you know, our, our team never stopped playing. They never stopped playing hard. Um, and whoever, you know, st- set foot on the court um, – you know, gave us a little something to keep, you know, chipping back and chipping away as the, as the game went on. Let's hear from someone that's in and amongst it and playing in these games. Nicole, first off, thanks for uh, coming on this morning. It's a early on a Tuesday that we're recording this, so thanks for getting up for this one. But thanks um, for me. Of course. So, you know, in these sorts of games, when you guys have been on the roll that you all have been on, um, first half of the max season, it seemed like every result was plus 20, plus 25 now teams are giving you guys well we always know it's going to be their best game but now sticking with it and you guys are learning about yourself a little bit the talks between you and your teammates what's it been like knowing that now we're really in these games how deep do we have to dig um I think honestly like we would love to win every game by 2025 but that's just not realistic and especially in the MAC, like you never know who's going to come who's going to show up so anyone can be anyone um but I think just it's not anything we've changed. I think it's just like coming together more, like you know, 
reaching, meeting our standards more, like holding each other accountable more. It's nothing that we've changed. It's just doing more of what we've been doing. Um, and then obviously, like, we're going to get every team's best game. So just responding to that, like, it's nothing we've changed. It's sure. just doing the same thing, but trying to do it at a higher level. In your career with one school, you played in two different conferences. Now you're with your third conference, yeah. second team. We'll get to your story a little <laughs> bit later on the show, but the comparison of the MAC to the Northeast Conference and mm-hmm. the America East when you were with Brian, what are there similarities? What are the, some of the bigger differences that you've seen with yeah. the play and the different types of teams? Um, I think I would say the America East is more similar to the Mac. Um, just like style of play, there's no really like, you know, set post players. It's kind of just like bigger guards and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I th- I would say it's very similar. Uh, the, the NEC, in my opinion, is like a lower uh, level of, of play. But um, yeah, I would say it's similar. At yeah. least you don't have to go up to freezing spots like Vermont and yeah, Maine. Yeah, Maine. Yeah, yeah, in the middle then, of a snowstorm. And again, you guys were in the middle of a snowstorm in Maryland, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all they were talking about in the broadcast. Did it snow like the night before you guys played? Yeah, it snowed overnight. Yeah. But we didn't really see too much of right. it. Right. At least you guys weren't here. As, uh, <laughs> our producer, Wyatt Dossie, and myself were at Women's Lacrosse, and we had, what, two – uh, kind of hailish type snowstorm, oh, snow squall. Shoot. So that was that was fun. We, but had sc- we had to scrape and you know dig our way out once we got back. Yeah, last night. <laughs> yeah, not fun at all. So we're gonna get into these games. First off, we did not speak about the Maris game, the kids' day out mm-hmm. game. We did highlight that in our previous episode just because of the energy and the mm-hmm. kids and. Carly, once again, you getting them fired up before the game. You love that, by the way, don't you? You're just taking the microphone like, yeah, let's get them going. Oh, yeah, that's that's like, you know, kids' day camp stuff. You know, you get to do all the claps and the get them all warmed up and get them all riled up and, you know, then get them ready to go as much as we are. But this team does a great job. I think you've mentioned, you know, playing at 11 a.m. Now it's our third game at 11 a.m. And this team, regardless of what time the game is, they have a, you know, a, a similar routine and similar mindset and, you know, kudos to them for, for being ready to go and giving the kids a show. Yeah, Kendall on our last show said that uh, pancakes and eggs are very yes. much the uh, the fuel <laughs> that gets this team going. Is that is that confirmed? Yeah, that's confirmed. Yeah, okay, very good. Um, but, yeah, that, that game was kind of like how it has been in the early part of the season, a little bit of a slowish first couple of minutes. But then against Maris, the team found their groove, and it seemed like everybody was getting in on the fun. The ball movement was there. Something that was like uh, 24 assists on 32 made baskets. Janelle with 10 <laughs> assists on that day. Um, I know Isa gets the the spotlight a lot, but Janelle was moving the ball. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit of poetic justice as far as we knew, you know, last time we played Marist, I've credited them a bunch for their defense the first time we played them, but we knew we didn't play our game as far as our ball movement and creating for others and letting the, you know, letting us work for easier shots. Um, <clears throat> so we were pretty teed up for that, to do that yeah. and, and prove that we were better than we were the first time we played them. And so, uh, you know, Nelly obviously was the head of the monster that day, but, you know, if you look back, our defense really spurred a lot of that. You know, we did a great job of turning them over, getting stops and being able to run off of that. And that, you know, that always sparks our, um, our offensive flow. Um, and so that was, that was fun to see. And then it was poetic justice again for, for Nikki G to hit the, hit the last shot to, to send it to 10 assists. So um, that was, that was fun to be a part of. Yeah. I think Janelle did say like, Hey guys, appreciate that y'all making our shots because <laughs> I mean, it is again, when you guys, when we go back and watch these games on the streams and it's like, Oh man, like imagine if the shot percentage just went up by 5%, like, all right, we're looking at like close to 30 assists per mm-hmm. game as opposed to 25, yeah. but Hey ho. Um, 
the other thing that I was going to get to is that you talk about the defense. Zaria Shazer, unfortunately, was the uh, prime culprit of being kept quiet. I, we were digging through her notes as the game was going on. It's like, when was the last time she was held without a basket? You pretty much had to go to, like, the first games of her freshman mm-hmm. year. But I, I'm assuming, Carly, that was one of the key focal points was to keep mm-hmm. – Shazer off the board. Yeah, she's a great player. Um, you know, they've got a couple really good ones that can go, that are both capable of going for 30. And so, you know, our team was pretty tuned up and, and knew that she had been playing well, um, you know, as, as the season went on. And so, you know, we've got great individual defenders on our team. Not only are we a great team, um, you know, have a great de- team scheme as far as how we play together defensively, but we have people like, you know, Lauren Beach and Meg who can block shots. And, you know, you look at Nellie and Nicole and you can go down the line. There's a bunch of different guys on our team who can really bother people defensively. Um, and then you put it all together as a as a unit. And, you know, if you sh- she does get by somebody who's as good as Lauren Beach, then you're, you got – Kendall standing there waiting to take a charge, and Katie standing there to take a wait, wait to take a charge, and um, so it was a it was a team effort on that one. Definitely, we look now to the two games that we're going to be highlighting over the course of this episode, and first, that being the St. Peter's game, and you know, I talk with Coach Blake before that game, and he said pretty simply, don't let them get set up into their zone, and life becomes simple, and they did get set up into their zone, and um, Nicole actually, at, we had um, Isa on our post game show that game, and mm-hmm. she did speak about how difficult it was to try and find that soft spot in their 2-3 zone. For you being out there on the floor, I know you had to log some key minutes to kind of stabilize some things. How challenging was it to go against that St. Peter's zone, knowing that they're a lot bigger than they probably seem to be? Mm -hmm. I think uh, we tried to force the ball in spots that the defense was already there, and I think that was the problem. I think um, when you play zone, uh, patience, but also moving the ball fast, if that makes sense. So, like, don't, you know, get ahead of yourself, use ball fakes, but, like, know we're going to be, like, passing the ball, like, be decisive with your passes. So, I think, um, yeah, we struggled with that, but ultimately, you know, we came up on the scoreboard, so we were able to, to find our way on that one. No, for sure. Um, and I know, Carly, for you, this is one of these types of games that you might find in the postseason. Low-scoring games, defensive struggles. Um, how much of this was a needed learning opportunity for this group to know that there's another element that we may be seeing down the road? Always love to learn from wins. Okay. Um, but, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot with this team is that while our offense tends to get a lot of credit publicly, um, we know that we've hung our hat and been able to win games on our defense. So, you know, it was not a pretty offensive game for us. We had too many turnovers. We, you know, we missed some open looks. But um, at the end of the day, we did hold them, hold them down that we were able to, even when we weren't scoring, still have a little bit of a buffer. <clears throat> and so last couple games you look at, we probably haven't scored to the rate that we would typically want. Um, but we are a, a good defensive team, and, and you could argue one of the better ones in the, in the country. Um, and so we know that – if our offense is going, we better we better dig in and play some defense. Well, statistically approved. I think it was going into the St. Peter's game. It was fourth in score, uh, defensive scoring, and I think you guys were in amongst the top twenty. I think in defensive field goal right percentage. Right now, I think we're like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. So yeah. don't don't say that no one <laughs> notices. It's it's clearly yeah. there. But yeah, for the, the stats on that one. Forced 23 turnovers, held St. Peter's to 40% from the floor, and only four threes as well. And I know the way that the modern game is, if you're not hitting threes, it becomes a really tough day at the office. So you guys, once again, kind of check that box off. But the one that I love is that this is the eighth time that Fairfield have held a MAC opponent to under 50 points. And mm-hmm. if you do that, you're going to win mm-hmm. a lot of games. Yes, yep. And so we we know that, and um, you know we're, we're, we know we're not going to make shots every single game. We'd love to. We'd love to make yeah. 10 threes every game. Um, but as you know, we were I think we were down Katie that game, and you know, somebody that obviously is a, is a high volume and a, and a really good three-point shooter as well. So found another way to do it, which is uh, a testament to this team and our ability to hopefully, 
you know, give people problems down the stretch. You know, Katie, who missed that game with a little bit of an upper body injury, came back the next game. We'll talk about that in a second. But, Nicole, that week off that you guys had from uh, the St. Peter's game to the Mount game, I know that's been uh, thought highly of amongst the coaches, that you love that Thursday off so you get the full <laughs> week to kind of work things out. What was uh, practice like that week? Because I know it was a tough day at the office. Yeah, you get a, a win, but it, it certainly wasn't near the standards offensively that you guys wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, honestly, for us, the focus was just working on ourselves and, like, what we can do to get – better and be better for that week so um obviously there was a lot of offensive like moving without the ball and like moving smart and not running into like where other people are going um finding the x uh on the on the um court but um yeah it was just focusing on ourselves and what we can do to get better and um yeah that was it internally how do you guys stay motivated and i know it's kind of a a strange question but you have this, at that time, 19-game win streak. Yeah. People are talking about you guys. You're receiving votes in all the polls. But how do you guys as a group, and maybe for yourself as well, know that, yeah, every day I've got to find a way to be better than I was yesterday? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think what makes this team so special is that it's just in us. Yep. Like Coachy likes to say, like, we're a bunch of dogs. Like, we don't need the outside noise to make us go. Like, it's just inside of us, and that started – um, it starts with the coaching staff, but it started in June when we came for summer session. Like, we just want to get better. We want to be the best. We want to, like, take this team to where we can take this team. So, yeah, it, it's in us. I don't know. I, I mean, outside factors, yeah, sure, they help. But, um, yeah, was we that, don't need nothing. Was that Coach E screaming, y'all are dogs, or, like, the quiet version? <laughs> or barking, one or yeah. the other. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can see both versions going in my head. And Carly, I guess the same question for you. I know we've asked – talked about this a little bit but now that we're in this time of the season how do you and your staff go about to say hey how can we get that the cliche the one percent better going to every practice and then executing on the games again knowing that you're going to be getting the best mm -hmm. from every team we're seeing that now that teams are game planning specifically mm -hmm. you know meg anderson is one person you mm -hmm. know particular that yeah she's been quiet but that's because teams are kind of focusing on trying to take mm -hmm. away her strengths absolutely we we've actually as a coaching staff had to really i would say even in the last week start start talking about and you would do this anyway by the time you get to postseason but start adding some wrinkles um looking at different ways that we can get because we do have a free-flowing motion and a free-flowing offense but looking at some different ways we can get some maybe quick hitters early and then if you don't have anything you can still flow um so that's something that as you get to the home stretch you want to have a few things you know up your sleeve and um, you know, certainly things that we'll, we'll look to add early. And you could see that, you know, even down the stretch in Mount that, we, you know, we got the ball in Nellie's hands late. Um, and we did, we set some early ball screens and some early spread action for her to get space on the floor. So it wasn't a free flow and then hope it gets back to her where she's, she's kind of cooking and feeling good. Um, and rather we, we put the ball in her hands early for her to create. And you saw her A, get to the rim, B, hit, you know, Katie yep. wide open and, um, and kind of open up the floor a little bit more. So it's on us as coaches to, to certainly put them in positions to be successful down the stretch. When we always talk about the scout, right, and it's always the opponent scout that we usually get on our side of the broadcast, but it's also the scouting yourselves mm -hmm. at this time of yep. the year. So how big is that file right now about yourselves <laughs> as opposed to we're going to line up not only the rest of the opponents that we have, but, the, you know, the postseason teams that we might be facing in the tournament? Absolutely. We, I mean, we try to honestly focus on ourselves as much as our opponent. Um, that's one of the things I love about the MAC schedule um, is that we do, you know, some people may not like kind of the one-day prep in between Thursday, Saturday, but I like it in the sense that our Monday days are solely focused on us. We typically don't do a lot of opponent focus, so we take that entire day to work on whatever it is that we need to work on. We add, we 
tweak, we fine tune, whatever it is. Um, but there is a heavy focus on us and, and an attention to how can we get Nikki G an open look? How can we get, you know, Isa in the high posting zone? Because that's where she's really comfortable. How do we, you know, there's certain things that we can tweak and add. Um, but we need to be, we, we are, we know we are good enough um, if we are our best selves. Um, and so it's a fine tune, you know, fine balance, I would say, of being ready for your opponent, scouting certain, taking, taking certain things away, which I think our staff does a great job of, but also continuing to work towards, you know, our, our 100%. Go ahead now to Saturday. Um, the Mount were coming into this game and probably in some of the best form that we've seen them since they've mm -hmm. joined this league. They won three straight wins over Ryder, Canisius, and Quinnipiac, and the average margin of win was near 15 in those games. They're still in the hunt for a top mm -hmm. five, and for those unfamiliar, if you're listening to the pod for the first time wondering what postseason play in the MAC is like, if you're a top five, you get a bye in the first round. So you know, five, while it's not the same as two or one, but it's still important, then mm -hmm. you know how you schedule yourself. So um, Nicole, you're, you're down 16-2 um, <laughs> early in the game. Well, what What is the mood like in, in the camp, knowing that that's probably the first time that this group has ever been that down that much this early? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, your first reaction is to be like, like, put your hands up, like, come on, like, what are we doing out here? But, like, there's no time for that, especially in games like this. Um, so just – stick together come together more like that just those things like that's how you get back from 16 to 2 you can't there's no time to palms up hang your head like there's no feeling bad for yourself you just gotta dig it out well i love that attitude i also love the attitude of noah who's our events and arena manager because he was standing next to me at the lacrosse game and it was like they'll be fine They're yeah gonna come back <laughs> it's fine we're good yeah but um carly for you guys now in that game, what were was there anything that the Mount were doing differently that you guys didn't expect, or was it just pure execution? I thought we f forced early offensively, okay. which kind of gave us, um, you know, not great looks and, um, you know, maybe not in rhythm looks. Um, I thought we, we did a little bit of over-dribbling offensively and didn't get, you know, to, to Nicole's point, she's made the point a bunch as far as our ball movement, um, and, we, and that's something we've examined a lot since then as far as getting back to our spacing and our ball movement, but – you know, credit to Mount. They they are playing great, and yep. we knew. You know, I knew this was going to be a tough game going into it. They're they're not only are they playing aggressive defensively, um, but they are just putting their head down. They're getting to the rim. They're getting feet and paint, and they're very capable of making tough twos, which they did for a large majority of the night. Um, and so I am someone as a as a coach, I don't typically call a lot of timeouts early. Um, I do think that pace and conditioning is in our favor when we make people play for longer stretches. But I am willing to take a timeout if there has been a, a large run. So I think I took it at 14 to 2 or whatever it was and maybe could have taken it a, a possession or two earlier. But uh, credit to our team at that point. I think after that, uh, it was 14 to 2 at the timeout. And I think they scored four more points in the quarter after that. So it was like a six. It was at the six minute mark. And then, so they scored 14 in the first four minutes and then four in the last six. So <clears throat> credit to our team for responding. And, and to Nicole's point, they could have probably, put, you know, gone palms up and, you know, whatever it is, got frustrated. But they dug in and we, you know, we tweaked a few things defensively. And, um, you know, we throughout the course of the game after that, we did mix in some possessions of zone um, to continue to kind of keep them out of the paint. Um, so just credit to the team for sticking with it. Yep. And uh, I, I spoke with Coach White last year and he did speak about that's going to be the first thing that his group wanted was to get bigger mm -hmm. and they did certainly bully their way into the paint but Nicole now um we we see the return of Katie Lamro in mm -hmm. this game mm -hmm. she is someone that can be a pit bull at times and will just absolutely fire a team up as much as she fires herself but how, what was it like seeing all of a sudden come into the second half 
bam, yeah. threes were raining. How Does that relieve the tension for you guys knowing that, like, oh, yeah, right, she's doing it now. We yeah. all can do it. I mean, yeah, it helps when, you know, you have a teammate that's hitting six threes. But, um, no, I mean, she's really fun to play with. She's she's fun to be around. And I think I'm not no one on the team was surprised. You know, like, she's been doing her job day in and day out since she's gotten here. So it was just, honestly, another, another day in the office for her. And, um, obviously, you have – uh, players like Nelly that get her the ball in, in certain spots like we saw like to end the half and a couple of the passes at the end of the game but um, no it's just it's we're not surprised we see it every day in practice we know what she's capable of so for her to go out and do it was just like all right there yeah. you go well and I'll say one thing with that too is that early on they did they went in possession of zone they did typically have been yeah. mixing it up and you know huge credit to Nikki G when we were dying on the vine to score um, we kind of flip-flopped Isa in, inside in the zone offense and Meg out, um, you know, Isa being a great passer and Meg obviously being a great shooter. And Isa immediately found Nikki G in the corner yep. and just kind of opened it up. Kind of, I think we all kind of took a, a deep breath after that. And Nikki G made a huge three, like didn't even think about it, and, you know, total confidence stepped up and knocked it down. And I think it gave us a little bit of like a deep breath and, okay, let's, let's dig into this now. So while Katie kind of finished it with yeah. some of that, uh, I thought Nick – gave us a ton of confidence early to kind of stay in there and keep keep working, keep fighting. Everybody's got a role and everybody's yep. got a chance to execute. And then at the end of the game, the Isa post pass <laughs> to Amina finish. Um, what was that bus ride back? I mean, you guys can go watch it back on social media, the play, but that, that yeah. must have made a, what was, was five-hour, six-hour bus ride a lot <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, a little lot easier. More enjoyable. Faster. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and, and I'd like to say that, uh, obviously amazing pass by Isa in connection with, with Amina to make that finish, but that has a lot to do with how, you know, Nelly was playing. They they wanted to guard her. They think, oh, Sacred Heart, she's going to get it. Lammy's hitting six threes. Maybe she'll get it. Meg's, like, look how good Meg's playing. Like, you know, she's going to get it. And it's like they don't know. We keep them guessing because we have so many weapons. And I think – um, that was just that was what made that play work. On top of Coach Blake's <laughs> genius play call and, and the great pass and the great finish, but it's a testament to, to everyone on the floor. Yeah, really disappointed of the camera work, not just going over to the bench because <laughs> I didn't see any celebrations. <laughs> it was just players hugging. Oh wait, they throw the ball and because uh, I think it's like the score bug forgot to put like the point whatever. So, yeah. But yeah, um, a great finish to that game. <laughs> it was wild, and I'll have to go ask Blake what the celebration was if he even remembers <laughs> it. And if there's, I any do think there was a fist pump or something. I think one of my favorite views of it, you can see kind of it's looking at Isa and the crowd behind us, and you can see like all the different parents and fans going, kind of going crazy yeah. in the background. So uh, fun, fun moment. For well, sure. Gotta love a game winner. Um, let's talk about you a little bit. Because I know we've <laughs> talked a lot about the last couple of games. Kind of want to hear your experience coming like, and it's different because we've had um, Isa come in, talk about her experience after Florida State. We've had Kendall recently mm -hmm. uh, transferring after her sophomore year. You're coming in as a grad student, yeah. knowing that this is your, your one year, your opportunity. I spoke with Carly about you when you just came in, and the one thing that I love that you told me about her was that Nicole has been successful at Bryant score. We know it, but she wanted to come to a program to have success and a chance to win a championship. Mm -hmm. So for you, looking at a Fairfield team at that time who were – 15 and 15 after last mm -hmm. season what made this team stand out to you to be like oh yeah we we could do something here this might be a project I want to be a part of mm -hmm. uh, I think culture like at the end of the day like every team in the country has great players on their team and, and great coaches and I think it was just came down to the culture and what I saw in the in the quick visit that I had and the, the few phone calls I had like I felt that and I felt the the 
just the the bond between the player and the coach I think the the one example that like really was like solidified it for me was like I I was in the gym watching an individual and Nellie walks in and she, she gives coach a hug and she was like hey coach I missed you I haven't seen you and she goes Nellie you saw me on Friday this was like yeah. Monday she's like Nellie you saw me on Friday it was just like that that relationship and that, that's that's what I think I was excited for and I think this team like is really fun to be around and it makes it easier to to you know go into dog fights with them and and everything like that when when you when you love everyone you're with and everyone like wants to build to to be the best did it make the buy-in for you easier knowing that like hey I scored nine nine five points at Brian. I was a starter pretty much every day, knowing to be like I could start, I could come off the bench and make an impact. It, every role is up in the air. We've talked a lot about how Carly that um you know every player has a chance, but there's no kind of guarantees into what the role is going to be on a given day. There could be changes. So for you, Nicole, like did that make the buy-in easier, knowing that like the culture is here and you have a chance to make an impact every day? Yeah, honestly. Um the impact that I'm making currently is a little different than when I like first looked at the at at Fairfield, but it's one that like Coach Carly and I have talked about this all the time. Like, will take me further in life. So I think I, I've learned about myself a lot as a person, and obviously, what I love to shoot the ball way better yeah. and and play you know to what I think I'm capable of, of course. But I think I've learned a lot about myself and about the team and, and leadership and things like that that I never thought that I would learn. That's interesting. So, like, what what was maybe one thing that you weren't expecting when you – like, and now where you are during this process in the Yeah, learning? I mean, I, I would say I wouldn't have predicted the this shooting slump that I've been in. Obvi- you know, obviously no one wants to predict a, a poor shooting percentage, but that's the one thing that's I, – I would say held myself back, so. Okay. Carly – kind of about Nicole and how she's gone about the season where where are some of the big moments that you thought like yeah this is a player that we knew who, what we were getting coming in but we didn't know about the person maybe or like how she's grown through this year well I, I've told Nicole this but I'd, I'd start by saying like we aren't where we are and with a 20 game win streak and with our record that we are without Nicole uh, her like leadership not only behind the scenes but just how she constantly brings it every single day like while that should be a given, it's just the way she does it is at another level. Um, her preparation, her um, toughness, her uh, desire to win just, like, bleeds through in everything that she does. And so <clears throat> not only is she every single day, you know, in the gym, continuing to shoot, and, we, like, she knocked down knocked down a big shot the yep. other day. We, she's ready for that moment. Um, but her teammates, she's setting an example for her teammates in a way that – um, is absolutely infectious. And so, you know, we have obviously a lot of younger players. Um, even some of our upperclassmen are like, you know, Nikki G is the one that I hear constantly. And so, um, you know, while, like she said, she probably would love to shoot the ball better than she has, you know, A, I have no doubt that she's going to step up in big moments. Um, that's why she continues yeah. to be out there. But B, she she competes. Like she, she played, I think, 22 minutes or whatever ended up being at Mount because of not only did she hit a big shot, but then she's defending her butt off. She's getting us extra possessions. She had like the offensive rebound of the game that kept us on offense in you know middle of the fourth quarter. So she does all the little things that allow us to be successful. Everyone else around her to be successful, whether it's getting us extra possessions, keeping somebody in front. That doesn't show up on the stat sheet that she's able to guard you know Joe Rathlow and keep her in front for a huge possession in the fourth quarter. Um, that she's able to box out and while she might not get the defensive rebound, we're able to fly in and Nelly or Katie or whoever it is flies in and goes and gets it. So all those little things are not only who she is but it shows her experience um in the college game as well 
and I guess the lasting impact that you want to have, especially as Carly said, do have a lot of young players on this team, and you're someone that brought in a lot of experience for this year. What's <coughs> kind of the lasting impact that you'd like to leave on this group going forward after this season? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Coach, for saying <laughs> that. Um, but the lasting impact, no, I, I mean, our play, our young players don't play like they're young. You know, you have a any player on our team, no one plays like they're young. Um, so I think it's just like the – and none of them have ever done this, but I think it's just to, to continue to keep that standard is it's it's not about me, me, me. And I think with this team, it's never been about me, me, me for anyone. And so just, you know, continuing to, to raise that the bar and continue that um, because there's always some you know someone else. There's a million shots that anyone can take in a game. But like it's like it's always like what's best for the team, who, you know, who's hot that game. And it's, it's always that. So I think that's the mindset. And I think also um, is less like feeling bad for yourself and less you know that and more being grateful for the opportunity being grateful to you know to be here and the coaches always you know talk to us about that and I think that mindset is what keeps pushing you know you talked earlier about you know the motivation and I think that comes from each other like we motivate each other in the gym in practice the coaches motivate us it's just like we're all grateful to be there and I think you know if, if someone's having an off day or in practice that they don't they're not feeling up to it it's like we all rally around them and 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 push them higher you know there's no like outside motivation that's like you know we look at that and that's why we're doing that no it's it's all within us so. yeah. hey you guys are enjoying the game that you love playing yeah I mean, exactly that's the stuff that i think that a lot of people gravitate towards this group is because mm -hmm. you're winning you're having a lot of fun winning exactly. as well well and nicole's been the, the example of that like I, I can't remember what game it was but i remember there was a game that you were just you, i knew inside you're just so mad because you got some great looks that you knew you just didn't cash in on but like was the biggest cheerleader was hype was the first one out to people at timeouts and when she went in it was like giving us juice and giving us energy yep. and so to, to Nicole's point like that's an example that is going to last for a long time with those those young freshmen of like it doesn't matter if you miss three shots like you know Meg Meg is a great shooter and she's gone games where she's gone 0 for 5 and it's like yep. it doesn't matter there's a lot of different ways you can impact the team mm -hmm. and, and she's been a, a living example of that uh, most definitely um so wrapping up this episode, usually we do these podcasts before kind of like a homestand or anything like that. But when I saw the schedule came out and seeing away to Siena, home to Niagara, that's probably going to be the mm -hmm. toughest week that you could possibly have. So that's why this uh, episode's <laughs> coming out before a road game. But um, you guys are going up to Siena on Thursday. Um, they're coming off of a Western New York swing. That was a bit of a challenging one for them. Mm -hmm. They lost to Niagara 84-70 on Thursday, lost to Canisius as well a couple of days later and they suffered the uh, the havoc that is hurricane havoc <laughs> turned the ball over 33 times but this is a Siena team that always plays Fairfield tough. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. long. They're crafty. I, I've always enjoyed watching Mevius go to work. Sapala is just a mismatch nightmare as you guys now start to look ahead to Siena. Um, we know the ways that they can hurt teams, mm -hmm. but how does now Fairfield go about hurting them, especially the way that you guys were able to do enough on the day when they came here back in January? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we knew uh, we had a, a great first half against them here. Uh, and if you look back, I just watched that actually this past weekend, but um, we did a great job of playing um, in transition, converting early, um, using our depth to our advantage. Uh, and then if you look at the second half, it was kind of a tale of two halves. Um, they they kicked our butts on the boards in the mm. second half. Um, we know going into this game, defensive rebounding is going to be, in, you know, hugely important. Um, not only did, you know, Nigel Brown um, 
I think she ended up with seven O boards, fourteen total. But that she's she's averaging like almost six a game right now in the last you know stretch of games, and she didn't play <clears throat> their game on Saturday against Canisius, um, which certainly obviously had an impact on them. But we know, you know, if and when she plays, she's a huge focal point for us to keep off the boards. But all of them, they, they have a bunch of guys that crash. Uh, and they're, they're a tough matchup in the sense they're similar to us where all five on the court, um, particularly in their starters, can all score. Um, and so we know defensively we need to tighten up a little bit from what we did last game, particularly in that second half. Yeah, uh, it's a fair point that you brought up about Brown because CeCe Aleko goes off for 21-15 mm-hmm. and 15 against them, and that's a big hurt. But, again, they – I do see a bit of what they're doing up there is kind of similar to what Fairfield does because they've got so many young players that are getting mm-hmm. experience. Um, I, I think that Alden Yergi could be someone that mm-hmm. could have a really nice career well. in this league. Esther Turi is someone mm-hmm. that can be another uh, nightmare to guard. I think the big difference when they when Sienna played Fairfield here is the fact that they just got into big foul trouble they early did. and they yep. never got into a rhythm until maybe when it was a little bit too late. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the thing that they have to try to avoid against us. Absolutely. They, they typically, they, I mean, they play aggressive in a similar way that we do. They, they are um, even more so than when we played them the first time they're pressing more, they're running, jumping more. Um, and, and to your point, we got uh, gamble and foul trouble in the first half. Uh, you know, Brown had a couple fouls. And so we, we know that our ability to kind of attack pressure with pressure is important that we can get downhill. I mean, we've got a bunch of, a bunch of different guards that can put the ball on the floor and get to the free throw line. Um, and so if we can kind of put them on the defensive early that that definitely gives us a leg up two days later niagara comes to town hope we see you guys here at the leo because that's going to be a fun Mm -hmm. game two teams that are playing really good ball right now niagara comes into this week with eight straight victories and of those seven they've scored 80 or more Mm -hmm. which is wild their scoring rate is Mm -hmm. crazy Uh, nicole you experienced hurricane havoc Mm -hmm. for the first time Mm -hmm. when you guys went up there was it as chaotic of their full court press as it looked on video than it did when you're on the floor? Uh, it was definitely a, a dog fight. Um, <laughs> but no, we that game was uh, we started off the game real well in terms of just you know playing calm um, through their pressure. So that that's just going to be the main focus. Obviously, uh, our focus right now is Sienna. But looking ahead, um, the main focus is just to stay calm, stay poised, um, and yeah. Was Break the uh, the ice machines working overdrive after that game? After the <laughs> amount of bodies that hit the floor? Potentially, yeah. Kayla was was wrapping everyone up. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kayla, who's done, done yeoman's work this season, yeah. keeping this group together. Um, She's amazing. Uh, Carly, for you, lastly, I know, again, you guys are on Siena right now, but you get to Niagara. It's good to see, in terms of competition, good to see teams that are getting healthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Niagara were a bit beat up when they Mm -hmm. played Fairfield, and now Angel Parker just broke the school program record for career steals with Mm -hmm. 317, which, hats off, that's an amazing Mm -hmm. number. Um, She looks the player that we saw last year, and her sister, Ali, has kind of grown back into the role that she had Mm -hmm. um, last season as opposed to the start this year. They were definitely, you know, trying to work their way back from injury when we played them the first time. And they have a lot of new players. So in that system, and we can we can relate to that, that, you know, it takes some time for that chemistry to, you know, come together for new players to understand the system. And their system is even more drastic than I would say what, what we did. And so you're obviously seeing that come together now. And I think they've won at eight straight. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it's going to be like, like Nikki G said, it's going to be another dogfight. But this week in general is a, a huge emphasis on just taking care of the ball um, and staying on offense because both teams try to disrupt you just in different ways. Um, and we're, we talk about all the time, we're too good offensively to, to cough it up. And, and whether it's careless turnovers by trying to thread the needle or travels or whatever it may be, 
uh, but just being really tight with the fundamentals. Definitely. Um, so, again, we hope to see you guys here for that one. Saturday, February the 24th, 2 p.m. start. Get your tickets now, fairfieldstags.com. Before we let you guys go, though, Carly, um, congratulations to your father, by the way, for <laughs> getting on the U.S. Olympic team as an assistant coach. Second time that he's yes. been an Olympic assistant. So what, what was that like when you, you guys heard the news? <laughs> So very exciting. Um, he just got back from um, their Olympic qualifiers in Belgium, and so uh, they they qualified, and we're we're going to Paris. So I just actually this past weekend booked uh, Blake and I's flights to go out to to support him. Um, we got to go. Oh, well, not we. I wasn't with Blake at the time. I was in high school, but um, you're aging I got both to, of us on that one. <laughs> I um, I got to go to the 08 Olympics in yep. Beijing, um, which was really fun as well to to support. So I'm really proud of him. Um, it's obviously a huge a huge accomplishment, huge honor, um, and we'll be excited to be out there supporting him. First what time to Paris. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Um, what's it like, by the way, going to an international basketball tournament? You see basketball <laughs> at the highest level, but playing for your country is a little different. It's a, the pressure is different for sure. Um, it, for me, it's a it's fun kind of being on the outside of it, where I'm um, I don't have the same level of pressure that, that he has to to deal with. Um, but just being around the best athletes in the world is inspiring. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll probably figure that we'll have a camera on NBC, like cutting over to you and be like, <sighs> oh, it's harder. I get more nervous on this in this, you know, in the crowd than I do on the bench all day, every day. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> I, you know, we, we might send a word to get a nice okay on at some point. But um, thanks, guys, so much, Nicole. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Appreciate for it. Me. Best luck the rest of the way this season. Thank you. Carly will speak to you on this platform in a couple of weeks. Yes, and uh, come out on on Saturday. Hopefully, you know we gotta take care of business Thursday, but we could be playing for a a regular season championship on Saturday. So everybody, come out. It's our um, it's our pride game. Um, continue to just keep showing up for these amazing women. And also, we should mention as well, we won't speak again until the, or after this game. But Fairfield's also home on Thursday, the 29th, against Quinnipiac, 7 p.m. So if you want to come to one come to two because <laughs> the Quinnipiac game is always a good one. So hopefully we see you guys there again, fairfieldstags.com to get your tickets. But until next time you've listened to the fast break with coach Carly podcast, make sure to follow us on all of our social media handles um, at stags on Twitter slash X and at fairfield WBB on Instagram. And for all of us, I'm JJ Duke signing off. Go stacks. The fast break podcast is a presentation of Fairfield university athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags women's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.